What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's March 11, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 78. In this episode, I'll be talking about why your mindset is so important when it comes to being more healthy or just achieving your goals in general, and how to progress on lifts when you run out of access to more weights. So, this one applies to someone with a home gym since you have to buy your own weight and eventually you might get too strong for whatever your current inventory is. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook, you can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. I figured I'd kick things off this week just talking a bit about how I got into weightlifting. So growing up, since I was seven, I remember just throwing the baseball out on the front yard. We had a corner lot actually, so we could go out to the side of the house I didn't have a dad growing up, but I had my uncles living with me at the time, so I had like two or three father figures in my life when I was younger. We tossed the baseball around, and eventually that got me into playing actual baseball. I never played t-ball or rookie ball though, so I just jumped straight into where you're getting pitched at. Luckily, I could play defense, but I never really got good at hitting a baseball. Maybe because I didn't practice that at an even younger age than when I actually started, so I missed out on those prime years from 4 to 7 years old. But regardless, that sent me into AA and AAA baseball for a few years there. Here in Canada, it's really not saying much, especially if you uh, compare that to how crazy baseball is in the U.S. On top of that, I was really into basketball also growing up, so I played that a lot more, especially after Vince Carter had that crazy dunk contest that one year. I think that was 1999 or 2000. So I got into playing that when I was pretty young too. Uh, I played both of those sports until I finished high school. Baseball was more serious of the two sports that I played though, and that meant a lot of my life growing up involved waking up on the weekends to practice. I remember starting early too because we'd usually start practice at 8am on the weekends in the summer or even the spring since we were all kids and still in school. We had to practice on the weekends since the games were during the week. I even remember I'd want to quit baseball at times because it literally took up my whole summer break so I never really got to hang out with friends which is what I thought I wanted at the time. But yeah, those early starts on the weekends and having games throughout the week, that's probably why I'm an early morning person these days. That's just the way my life was growing up. For the majority of my life, I was around sports, but I wasn't good enough to play any college sports. I was a pretty athletic kid. I also did track in high school, but just the long distance runs, no sprinting for me. I used to do cross country running too, because I was a person who could jog for however long I wanted to but I wasn't a very good sprinter, so I could run far, I just couldn't run fast. So I did all of that to summarize a bit of my childhood. 
up until this point, so up until 18 years old, I was only playing sports. I didn't even lift weights regularly. I played baseball and basketball, but we weren't lifting weights back then. The first time I actually exercised uh, with weights was in high school. I think I had two semesters of weight room, and that was pretty fun. I won't jump into any crazy stories about those days, but I do remember slicing my thumb open one time on the leg press there. So yeah, that was scary. And maybe I'll tell you guys in the future some of the other stupid shit that went on back then. So, okay, up until 18 years old, I didn't lift yet. Then after high school, I went to university, and since I was out of sports at this point and I wasn't working out, I was just focused on school and probably playing video games a little bit too much during those times. And a few years went by there. Uh, Things didn't work out in university. Computer science wasn't something I was passionate about. Therefore, I wasn't good at it. So when I was going to choose what to do next in my life, I was 21 or 22 at the time. I just thought back to something I enjoyed growing up. And that's when I thought about the enjoyment I got from sports. I missed that competitiveness, trying to get better at a skill, being on a team and trying to get to some end goal, the championship. That's what led me, I think, to pick fitness and health. So that's what I studied in college and... That's what really started my personal training journey. I didn't know it at the time, but that's what personal training is like. It's about some team that's me and the client from a personal trainer's point of view. And then the championship is that end goal. And it could take one or two or five seasons to get to those goals. So I thought about what I enjoyed growing up and it was sports. It was about the way it challenged me in some active way. That's probably why, even until now, I've always wanted to do something to stay active, so I was just drawn to lifting weights. I was always just entertaining myself by being active growing up, even if I was just playing basketball on some mini hoops I had in the basement or outside on the driveway. I remember when I was younger, some of my neighbors would even complain because I'd be dribbling the basketball outside at 7 or 8 in the morning before school started. I also grew up with this attitude, maybe from being coached most of my life, where I just do what needs to be done. I don't really complain about having to do things. I just remember doing suicides at team practice sometimes, and people would complain, mumble, and grumble to themselves, even the stars of the team, and i just get ready to go do them. I wasn't going to argue. If that's what the coach wants, then I'll do it. It's not that big of a deal. I'll be better for it in the end. That probably also explains why I can stick to this habit of exercise a bit easier than most people, just because that's what I grew up with. I had a similar habit when I was a kid, and now I just have a different active hobby. For me, it's just weird now when I don't have physical activity in my life because I can't just go without moving for long periods of time. I just have too much energy most of the time. I've always been involved in sports growing up, so... For me, this fitness stuff is just second nature. It's like every day, working out every day just comes natural. But I understand that I'm different from others. It's not going to be easy for most people to stay active if they didn't grow up that way. And since technology is just making it easier and easier to do more while moving less, you can now just order food from your phone that'll be delivered to your house. You don't even have to physically go out and drive to get your food. So yeah, it's made us lazier than ever, which makes it more difficult for us to stay in shape and be healthy for the future. Now, there were some difficulties I had to face too, but it's ultimately most likely going to be harder for other people. Something that could help if you're someone who has a tough time getting in workouts throughout the week 
is something I learned this week called Implementation Intention. This is from Atomic Habits. You might have heard of that book, and it opened my eyes to this one, which I think is great, and maybe you've never heard it before, so I thought I would share the knowledge. Let's say, for example, and since this is a fitness and health podcast, let's say you're someone who struggles with being consistent when it comes to getting into a solid workout routine. Something that could help you is this implementation intention, which is basically scheduling out the task at hand, writing down the time and place that you're going to do it. So in this case, writing down exactly when and where you're going to work out, that means you need to be specific. Instead of just telling yourself in your head, yeah, I'm going to work out sometime on Saturday. I'm not really sure when though, just whenever I have the time. A better approach, a way that could help you stick to whatever this habit or hobby is, is being more specific with the scheduling. So instead of just saying, I'm going to work out sometime on Saturday, you actually consciously book it into your schedule. Instead, you say, on Saturday at 3 p.m., I'm going to do a full body routine at so-and-so gym. This could actually help you integrate that habit into your life because you're planning in advance you actually have a set plan and it's baked into your schedule. This is going to lead you to being more consistent when it comes to completing the habit. It's like when you're scheduling a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment, you're not going to miss that because the first thing you usually do or should do if you don't want to miss it is to write it down in some kind of calendar or planner. And since you see the value of those appointments, you'll go out of your way to make sure that you don't miss it which could mean you have to say no to certain things that may interfere with your plans. If you find that value with exercise, you'll make the time for it, like you would a doctor appointment or a special dinner party that you have scheduled. If you see the value in whatever this habit is and you schedule it into your life specifically with a time and place, that could help you out. Of course you want to make it easy to stick to as well, so schedule it at a time that's reasonable where you'll actually be able to follow through whenever you usually have some leisure time. So I hope that'll help when it comes to sticking to whatever habits you're trying to stick to. It just doesn't apply to fitness and exercising only. This could literally apply to any habit you want. So I think that's something for all of you to try out this week. Schedule in, specifically with time and place, some habit you've been meaning to get around to, and this could help you stick with it. This one's helped me this week when it came to reading and also when it came to doing mobility drills and some of the downtime that I had. So moving on from that, let's talk a bit about some food I had this week. I don't have anything groundbreaking this week, but something that's been an absolute game changer for me this week, fresh broccoli. So I've been eating broccoli for a while now, and for convenience sake, I've always been a frozen broccoli guy. That way it won't get spoiled and I'd have to throw it out. And that could actually keep nutrients in the vegetable a bit longer if they're frozen. Well, this week I didn't have any space in my freezer for any more broccoli. So I decided to get fresh broccoli and all I have to say is wow. All I did was cook it up a bit with some butter, some extra, uh, extra virgin olive oil and a bit of salt. I was actually super surprised at how good that tasted. It had some crunch to it, and the salt really brought out the flavors in the broccoli. Oh man, it was actually amazing. I remember even the next day, I couldn't even wait for dinner because I was so excited to eat more broccoli. What a difference that was. 
I usually prepare my frozen broccoli. I just steam it and eat that whenever it's ready. But man, the fresh broccoli was just on another level. So that's caused me to pick up a few more vegetables this week. But I only get a few days supply because I don't want to be wasting food. Last but not least, another thing that I spent a lot of time doing when I was younger, playing video games. And I still play video games from time to time nowadays. And I just finished Pokemon Legends Arceus. Finally this week, I didn't even realize how how little I had left to go in the game. I was only about two hours away from the ending, so now I'm just doing some post-game stuff, which is even more time-consuming, like hunting down some of the legendary Pokemon, finishing up all of the side quests, and maybe getting around to catching all of the Pokemon. And in the meantime, they've announced yet another Pokemon game, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, this is going to be part of the main line of games, so this is now Generation 9, I believe. There's currently around 900 Pokemon, so this game could actually be taking it to over 1,000 Pokemon now. Wow, I just remember back in the day there were only 150 or 151 Pokemon, and I had the PokeRap memorized. Now there's no way I could know 1,000 different Pokemon. That's just, that's insane. They're actually just churning out these games every few months now, it feels like. They released Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond in October of last year. I didn't even get that one, but that, it hasn't even been six months since that game came out. And then the open world Pokemon game, that just came out in January. And then there's another two games coming later this year, I think before the holiday season. The new game should also be open world, so that's another one I'll be getting because why not? Question 1. Why your mindset is so important when it comes to staying in shape? Man, when we're talking about mindset, that's probably one of the more overlooked aspects when it comes to staying in shape and being healthy. Everyone's usually worried about lifting weights, doing a bunch of cardio, eating in a calorie deficit because that's what people believe will get them to their desired goals. That could be true, but you're not really going to be happy with the journey if you don't make it fun and enjoyable for yourself. One common mindset that people often get into is when it comes to looking a certain way, if that's been your problem over the years. If you're someone who regularly complains about your weight or you don't have a big enough butt, maybe your arms aren't as big as you want or you're too flabby in certain areas, this is just a negative mindset that won't get most people far. Now, some people can use that as extreme motivation, but for most people, I think that mindset can be mostly be seen as negative. That's especially true if it's something like weight loss that you're after. I've seen it time and time again. You start lifting weights, you think you're eating right, eating what you need to eat to get leaner, and then you weigh yourself after a few days and you've actually increased in weight. Now, if you have that mindset where you're trying to lose weight, that's when a weight increase on the scale could be very discouraging. Like, you're doing everything right, but the weight on the scale keeps increasing, it's impossible for me to lose weight. This is why I always tell these type of clients to just stop weighing themselves altogether. And the mindset, uh, the mindset shift that needs to happen in this type of person is switching from obsessing over what you look like. Because that could take a while to change, and it'll be really hard to tell on a day-to-day -day basis by looking at yourself in the mirror. In this situation, switching a person that's obsessive over what they look like 
This would be a person where you'd have to convince them to switch their mindset to just focus on getting stronger in the exercises that they're doing. Why is this beneficial? Because if that person is on a good workout program, you know, a little routine, lifting weights and progressively getting stronger, then that's a really good indicator that this same person is building muscle. Now, there's a side effect when it comes to gaining muscle. No, the side effect isn't, I'm lifting weights, I'm going to get too big or too bulky. Again, getting huge isn't going to happen overnight, and you can switch things in your program if need be. But focusing on building strength, that mindset, the side effect there is that you'll be boosting your metabolism in the long term. What does this mean? That means it's going to be easier for you to lose weight in a few weeks or months. Instead of your maintenance calories being at just 1,500 calories, you might get it up to 2,000 and it'll actually be hard for you not to lose weight at a certain point because you won't be able to eat that much on a daily basis. Soon you'll be saying, how do I weigh this much? I actually thought I lost weight, but I'm still the same weight. That's when you'll start to notice that body composition changed within your body because muscle weighs more than fat. And the way that looks on your body is much different from fat because muscle is a tissue that's lean and doesn't take up a lot of space inside of your body. You'll start to think, wow, I actually look better at this weight than I have ever before. That's just what happens when you change the mindset to focus on building strength instead of focusing on being strict and hard on yourself to lose another inch on your waist. Start to have a mindset where you'll actually be focused on the positive things or the positive changes that are going on as opposed to something that would make you feel down or negative about yourself like the weight you are or whatever the scale says. There's more to life than just the way you look. Even if you are lean and skinny like some of these Instagram influencers, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthy. Just because you're a healthy body weight on the outside doesn't mean the inside of you looks the same way. They could be severely under eating nutrients and vitamins because their diet might involve under eating to a certain extent. You never know. Like the four agreements said, don't make assumptions. So this is why changing the mindset is usually needed with a lot of clients. So if this applies to someone listening, then try applying this in your own life. Everyone wants to look better, and they say they want to be healthy, but if it means gaining a bit of weight or lifting a bit of weight, they already have their preconceived notions about whatever it is you do prescribe. They don't want to get big. They don't want to gain weight again due to fear of being overweight again and getting back into that lifestyle. You're not going to get big overnight, and being overweight also doesn't happen overnight, so just evaluate those day-to-day decisions. Switch your mindset when it comes to these certain things like working out mainly to sculpt the way you look, training with weights, let's focus on the positives, you're building confidence, you're strong, improving your health, and you're shaping a better future for yourself. Switching a bit over to food, a common mindset I've seen, I've talked about it already, when someone wants to lose weight, they immediately go into cutting out foods and eliminating something altogether, maybe like a no-meat diet or only eating meat diet, or eating no carbs, or diets where there's no sugar. With food, people will take out food so that they're in a calorie deficit. Again, this mindset for most people, this needs to change because instead of elimination, actually adding foods would be a better idea as long as you do it in a smart way. Our diets have evolved to basically cut out fruits and vegetables, so those are some that you should actually add into your diet if you find that you're lacking. 
eat those before you go for the highly processed foods and you could be surprised how much an apple or some other fruit, how much that'll fill you up. Meanwhile, the bag of chips, you can actually eat most of the bag in one sitting without even trying. I've been there. Adding that apple or whatever fruit or vegetable before you have that processed food, that could cause you not to crave that unhealthy food now. You might not want it anymore, or maybe you just feel too full to eat, or yeah, you'd be too full to eat that other food because of the satiety that real food gives you. Fruits and vegetables also have fiber in them, a nutrient that'll keep you fuller longer and will regulate your bowel habits. This is actually a pretty good strategy to just naturally start cutting out foods you'll find that you won't need anymore. Honestly, I could go on and on, and I'll probably touch on this topic pretty often anyway because this is something that, as a personal trainer, that's something you have to deal with pretty often. People do already have a set way of thinking with the way the news and media view weight loss as some quick fix. A change in yourself is going to take more than just a few weeks. It's something you have to cons- uh, sorry, constantly work on so that it'll be your new normal. So focus on the positives going on with training or just life in general. And you can find yourself in a better headspace, which will lead to better health and just overall enjoyment in your own life. Question two. How to get stronger without having more weight available. People are still working out at home even though the gyms are open, and that's fine. I think it's awesome. That has its own benefits. I mean, time. You know not you no longer need to drive to the gym when it's just downstairs or wherever the setup is in your house, so you can't really use that as an excuse anymore. And I mean, you own it, so you can work out really whenever you want. I hope to have a home gym one day, but for now I'll stick to the big box gyms. So one of the downfalls though when it comes to working out at home is that you have to supply yourself with the weights, and since the pandemic the prices for weights have gone up a little bit. You'll still probably find some plates on Craigslist or Kijiji, but if you're looking for new matching weights for your home gym, then you're going to have to pay a bit of premium for that. So if you're someone at home and really aren't in the market for more weight because of financial purposes or just overall scarcity of the weights, then it's not really that big of a deal. There's still multiple ways that you can continue to progress. You'll still be able to get stronger and build your muscles even if you have a decent amount of weight. Yes, you'll still need some heavy weights. Relative is, uh, sorry, heavy is a relative term though. So you probably don't need 120 pound dumbbells or 400 pounds for deadlifting. You can still progress using a few different methods. Some are more advanced than others, and we'll start with the simpler ones here first. And I think one of the easiest ways to make some lifts harder is by making the weight feel heavier. One way to do that is to perform the eccentric part of the movement slower. So that's the easier part of the lift, usually the part where you're lowering the weight. That's what's called the negative portion of the lift. So slower negative reps are going to be really useful in this situation. Doing your workout routines where you're spending your exercise doing a slower tempo, like three seconds on the way down before you explode going up, that's going to be a lot harder than just letting gravity do its work on a deadlift or even a bench press. So on a bench press, a slow three-second negative would mean you'd be lowering the bar down to your chest for a three-second count, then pressing up with the weight. Usually, if you look around the gym, you'll see people doing one second down to the chest and another second going up. So that's just a one-to-one tempo. Doing a tempo like this, a three-to-one ratio, 
or tempo will make the lift a little bit more difficult and you might have to lower the weight to get your desired reps. This also kind of ties in with the whole time under tension technique. So not only could slowing down the negative portion of the rep increase the time under tension, what you can also do is don't rest in between reps. Not in between sets, in between reps. Usually what happens is when you get fatigued, let's say you're doing a squat, you'll go down, come up, catch your breath for a split second at the top of the movement, and you pause for a second at the top when you're standing before you go down into the next rep. Well, if you want to make the exercise more difficult, don't do that slight second, uh, slight one second pause at the top of the movement of the squat. So as soon as you explode out of the squat, you immediately start going down again. You immediately start your next rep without resting at the top. That way your muscles aren't given a chance to relax for that split second during your set. 10 constant tension squats are going to be much more difficult than what you would consider a normal tempo for squat. And personally, I've been doing squats like this for around 5 weeks now and it's been pretty brutal. Very difficult. But it's a different way of training for me and this could lead to more muscular growth because of this time under tension technique. Now I could squat 315 if I want to, but lightening the weight to just 225, just two plates instead and doing this constant tension plus slowing down the negative portion of the lift that's made the exercise so much harder. It's still challenging for me, even though the weight isn't necessarily heavy for me. And another positive effect about this is that it'll be less stress for your joints since you're using lighter weight and you're still managing to stress your muscles enough to still grow and build stronger than before. Another method you can do, which seems pretty obvious, you could just simply do more reps or more sets. So you just basically add more volume to your routine. Maybe there's still room in your programming for more volume if you're regularly doing an 8 to 12 rep range with 135 on bench or something. You can always try to go for 20 reps during a certain phase of your lifting routine. That could work well if you're not used to training that way. If you're regularly doing 3 sets of bench press in a session, maybe that means after a few months maybe you see some plateauing going on. You can creep up to four sets per session and even five sets per session eventually. Just keep in mind that the upper limit for most people is going to be around 20 sets per body part per week. Some people could go above and beyond that, but for most people, 20 challenging sets should be enough to stimulate muscle growth and hypertrophy at the, at the high end. More than that could be overtraining. If strength is something you're after, then refining your technique when it comes to lifts is going to be super important. If your goal is just health, then just make sure you're doing everything properly. Make sure to work on mobility and some of your leisure time as well. And another technique that could help you with strength as well is something called pause reps. Just like the name suggests, if you're doing a bench press for a pause rep, you're going to rest a bar on your chest for a one or two second count then explode up and off of your chest. That makes the lift harder because you're not going to be using that momentum from lowering the weight and then bouncing it off your chest or using the elasticity of your muscles to help you with the concentric part of the movement where you're contracting the muscles. Even on a squat, actually, this is very handy to keep in mind because sometimes you'll see people using that bounce at the bottom of the squat to help them initiate those first few inches out of the squat. That's called using the stretch reflex. 
Those are some pretty simple ways to make movements harder, but I do want to go over a bit more advanced techniques. Also, if you've been working out for a few years, then advanced techniques could help you out when it comes to pushing your body to the next level. So if you have a few years under your belt, the first advanced training technique I'll mention is what's called a drop set. Now, when I got into lifting weights back in college, I used to watch YouTube videos from my favorite people in the industry who would lift, and then they would use drop sets all the time. So, of course, when I first started lifting, I did drop sets pretty frequently. Definitely too many times for a newbie to do. And that's probably because it gives you a stupid pump in whatever muscle you're working. So, <laughs> a drop set is where you'll do two or more sets in a row. Let's just stick with two sets in a row right now when we're talking about drop sets. So for a squat, that could mean you do 225 or two plates for your first set. Then as soon as you finish that set, you take off a plate on each side and go right into squatting 135 for however many reps you could do. The break in between sets should be as minimal or as little as possible. And that'll guarantee that you're pushing more blood and oxygen into those muscles. This is a great technique for experienced lifters to get more volume in. Another advanced technique is the superset. This is where you perform two exercises back to back, so right after each other. So for chest, you could do the bench press, then go right into push-ups, or something like a row. So for back, you can do a dumbbell or barbell row. And then if you can find anything to hang off of, you could do pull-ups, or an even easier move would be an inverted pull-up. You can even do supersets of opposite muscles. Arnold did this during his training, and he has an outline of his old training days in, in his uh, encyclopedia for bodybuilding. And in there, he would outline that he would superset chest and back exercises. Again, this is for the advanced and experienced gym goer, but you could also use this if you're looking to do this as a finisher. So at the end of your workout... You can also take this a step further and do tri-sets, which is where you'll do three exercises back-to-back. -back. Honorable mention, if you're someone who's truly advanced, you could grab some bands or chains for your workouts, but that's probably only going to be useful if you're using more than three or four plates. And also, it looks badass to have some chains on the end of your bar when you're squatting. I've never done it personally, but maybe one day that'll be something I could incorporate into my training. I would definitely have to go to a dedicated powerlifting gym for that though, since I don't have access to that sort of thing right now. So apply one of these methods if you're looking to still make progress and you're really not looking to add more weights to your home gym. I think you could still make tons of progress with whatever you have because chances are you haven't really done an exercise where you're changing up the tempo. That's usually a good and easy place to start out because out of all my years in the gym, I very rarely will see someone doing three second negatives. And I'm not saying I do it all the time either. I'm just saying if you want to make the weight harder, this is an option that you could do. Uh, again, because controlling the weight more, there's a longer time under tension there. Pause reps, again, those are great for the newer lifters. It adds a tiny bit more difficulty for your exercises. So you can incorporate that into your programming if more weight is not an option. And that's pretty much it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you next week. Try out some of those techniques if you want to change up your workout a bit. And that concludes episode 78 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole... 
then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. <laughs>